the podcast thing that's on now. Go on Instagram, go live, check in my connection. And here we go. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome to another exciting episode of the Beast Model Tech Tuesday. Those of you on YouTube, thank you so much for joining us here in the Beast Model Garage. And those of you listening to us on podcasting, thank you so much as well as being part of our family and our journey together. Danny Ginhart on Instagram, hello to you, sir. Fox Design Paul, what's up, sir? Good seeing you. Odd Lop, good seeing you. Greetings. Hello, Jace Gaps, good seeing you as well. FA5 Matt, greetings. Yusuf K, hello to you as well. X Kev Sosa, good afternoon. Hello, Zebra Ducky. Appreciate the kind words. Craig Hardy, hello as well. Libertigus, good afternoon. Fabian, how are you? Thank you for joining. Wagon Caruso, Wagner Caruso, I should say. Brazil's in the house, courtesy of Moringui, 98, good seeing you. NA Flat 6, love your name. Greetings, good seeing you. Fabian, Inc. 776, good afternoon. I am fantastic, Paul. I hope you're doing great. Clinster. Hi, dude, as well. Back to you. Wow, Luz is coming out the gate. Got running, you know. Would you build a 3.5 Honda? Yes. I don't know if you can, I don't think you can see the Odyssey, but right over there, with that canister right there, canopy right there, is the Odyssey. And yes, I built a 3.5 liter engine, so good seeing you indeed. Um, Kevin117, good seeing you. Dip and deep. Thank you so much for the kind words. Good afternoon. Felix, I'm going to wave to you right now. Hello, indeed. And welcome to another great episode of the BCMO Tech Tuesday. Dexy, good seeing you. That NSX, you like that, eh? That's a pretty nice one. Um, courtesy of Acura. Um, very nice vehicle, indeed. Had a lot of fun with it. And hopefully, we can do a lot more with that team, which is pretty good. Thank you, Maury Guay, who says that he's my fan and that he loves my inspirations. So, thank you so much. It was great meeting you at Formula D as well, uh, Hunter. Thank you so much. You never know what's going on here. We're doing some very interesting experimentation. So, uh, but you see that I have a pretty cool Mazda right there next to me. For those of you who cannot hear me on, see what I'm doing on podcasting here. But that's pretty. That's a pretty nice Mazda I've had some fun with. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. Forgive me. I'm trying to get the camera set up properly. Um, hi, Ken Show. Good seeing you. Wow, so much love. Well, Lewis, it's not a Mazda SUV. This is actually a Mazda 3. Um, it has the premium package. It's all-wheel drive as well. As you can see, it's a very pretty color. It's actually a polymetal gray mica with a cool red interior, which is pretty smashing, you know? Um, oh, really? Wow, Static. I'd love to see. I'm going to check that video out by all means. Hello, Poshichu, nephew. Good seeing you. Um, it is an automatic with paddle shifting, has a really cool sport mode as well, which plays around with the shifting points as well. It's a lot of fun for a car. And one thing that I found out with this really cool Mazda is it offers a lot of car, guys. It's, it's a lot of car for the money. This thing, the base price without all the accoutrements is like $26,500, almost $27,000. But fully loaded like this, and I'm talking about fully loaded leather interior, heated seats, all the safety stuff, and you know, uh, um, lane warning. It has the ability of stopping the car if you're going to get into a mishap. It's absolutely a joy. This guy, Mazda offers so much money, which is pretty cool. Um, what's behind the car behind the 911? In front of, well, right behind is a Mazda, but in front of it is a CRX for a customer, a turbo CRX. Rotary, old technology, as you guys know, um, it's really, I'm a huge advocate of new technology. <laughs> so, <laughs> forgive me. The wagon's right there, dyno next to me. 
Sorry about the noise. You guys are backing the roadway behind the facility, which is pretty, pretty noisy. SB, good seeing you, sir. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for rocking the Beast of Motor shirt. I'm rocking the Beast of Motor shirt today as well. Thanks so much, SB Machine Shop, who was part of that build. And in the door, brown doors behind the NSX is our showroom with a black Porsche that they helped with as well. It's pretty cool, you know? Ah, DJOC said he's going to work on a M1 and 104 for Mercedes. Yes, it does have a lot of potential. I'm very impressed. And you know what's scary? That engine has a lot of dimensions. It's very similar to the 2JZ. So I won't be surprised, you know? Um, is, the, is that the... No, it's not the CX-30. This is actually a Mazda 3. I know it looks kind of a... I should give, it, give you guys a better look at this thing. And we should probably do a walk around in a moment. But that is the Mazda 3. Two wagons, one cup. That's a cool name. I like your name a lot. Very nice seeing you this afternoon. Um... Preston said he has some issues with the J-Series, so hopefully I can help you. I'm a huge advocate of the technology of that car um, and the power potential, which is pretty cool. Samuel, good seeing you. Um, the ports on the Mercedes inline 6, is, it's pretty poor. It looks like a 2JZ, which is, leaves a lot to be determined. And that's why I feel that that engine, the one, one M104 engine, is better suited for force induction, which is pretty nice. Thank you, Nissan Love. Yes, you are back to wagons. It's the hatch, absolutely it's the hatch. And you may be able to see that right there. And this color is absolutely gorgeous. Like I mentioned, it's a uh, polymetal gray mica, absolutely gorgeous with a red interior. And it's pretty cool, which is pretty nice, you know? Um, now that is a, Preston's asking that he has a ticking noise at idle. And that could be a variety of things. It could be the lost motion assemblies on the VTEC assembly on the head. It could be something as simple as a challenge with the proper valve adjustment with lash. It could be many things. It's hard to be able to diagnose that remote. It could also be poor oil, which is not filling up the galleys properly, allowing you to have some good uh, dampening. So no matter what, it's best to go to a local mechanic who's extremely reputable and have them look at it. It's hard to do that remotely. Now, it could be a rod knock too, but that's maybe a, a deep thumping noise from the bottom, you know? Um, I haven't had experience, Brady, with the earlier generations of the Mazda 3, but this one is absolutely smashing. It makes 186 horsepower at 2.0. Leader has this very nice emblem in the back showing Skyactiv G, which means it has all the high compression and new efficiency uh, opportunities in the engine. And it has a lot of grunt, which is nice. It's all-wheel drive, so I don't have the all-wheel drive dyno, as Kevin can attest to. I only have a two-wheel drive dyno, so I don't have the capability of putting it on. And I will is saying, Ill Will saying that he loves Mazda, and I'm starting to fall in love with that brand as well. Their cars are really, really cool. The design cues internally are absolutely fantastic. The external design cues are very futuristic as well. Extremely comfortable. I mean, I jumped out of that into my daily. I'm like, oh my God, the Mazda is so nice. They offer a lot of car for the money, which is, which is very sad, you know? And this is just a test car that we have right now. And hopefully we get to do something even closer with Acura, who we spent some time with recently. I think I have meetings with them in two weeks. So stay tuned. There may be something very nice, you know? Fox is asking, is 700 numbers on the wagon final? Or is it, I plan to do more. I was going to even do some today. That's a wagon there. And someone asked me on my feet today, why is it I don't race as much anymore? I own a business. I used to race a lot when I was in corporate. And had my weekends to myself and I was able to race. But now it's about customers and taking care of clients and making sure they're good. I tend to put my stuff at bay. So yesterday I had a pretty cool uh, S2000 courtesy of the guys from high tech with the ITBs. I have a CRX as you may see in front of the Porsche right there that needs some love too. 
i put customers first and what that means it puts my projects on the back burner so i haven't had a chance to be able to do it i'm so sorry you know um you have customers asking about the benefit of a proper valve job and proper use of valve chain components can you elaborate for them yes as you machine saying that he has customers asking about the benefits of proper valve job now here's the thing as a helicopter flies above the key to making power hello alfie the key to making power is airflow getting as much air as possible into the engine with appropriate amount of fuel now what does that mean a valve job is a key component of getting that airflow inefficiently if you just seal it anyhow you just seal the valve to the seat anyhow you can make enough power but you can make an okay power it will run but will be optimized low lift mid lift numbers make a huge difference in efficiency and power so having a competition valve job that's done properly instead of just a stone grind by using proper surgery or machine and be able to have the proper angles can improve flow significantly without you having to go crazy with camshafts or other methods that could be quite involved now it goes above and beyond that think of what a valve spring has to go through it has to deal with the heat it has to deal with the pressure it has to deal with harmonics that exist in the cylinder head and if you throw boost on that now it has the additional challenge of having to work against flow heat and pressure coming in from the intake and also the heat being exhaust, you know established with exhaust so it's very important that not only do you use valve springs that are proper it's very important that you use valve springs that can withstand damaging harmonics that have the capability of giving you proper seat pressure so you don't bounce off and have float which kills power it's also very very important to allow your camshaft to be followed by the rocker in the right pathway and not ski jump off the tip so you a lot of guys come in here and i tell them hey you need to have valve springs in these boosted applications because they see it in the dyno when the power falls off rapidly and that's float so to put float at bay you do need proper valve springs to put bounce at bay you need proper valve springs and to get best flow you need to very much use a facility that can do a good job with a valve job because there's a lot of power. When I say power, in my all motor setup, I don't think you can see the inside, but it's right in front of the Porsche. Behind the NSX is a Porsche, behind that is an inside. I gain up to eight wheel in just a valve job. In just a valve job, no other changes. It makes a big difference, guys. Absolutely. And of course, safety is very important. And that's something I also want to talk to you guys about today. Safety. Someone just asked about the shed. You can get this on bcmo.com. Um, if you go into apparel, you'll see everything from the wagon to the turbos and tuning to the Porsche ones, they'll have quite a few. But this wagon um, t-shirt, I have it in this manly pink. <laughs> I also have it in blue and like a nice sand color, which is pretty cool as well, you know? Um, thoughts on my on having a B-Series engine with ITB setup, I think it's awesome. ITBs are absolutely fantastic. Not only do they sound great, you don't have the distribution issues you see with most plenums. So that being said, that'll be great. Yes, Kevin, it will see a lot of day. It's actually daytime now, Kevin, and it sees plenty of light. But if you mean racing, Hedy's been very busy, so I'll let you know what she has in mind for that car. Ah, Joab is asking a great question. Ceramic coatings of pistons, huge advantage. Based upon my independent testing, I've seen a 3 to 5% improvement in power with just ceramic coating the domes of pistons. It keeps heat where it belongs, in the combustion chamber. Now think about an engine, as we've talked about before. An engine is nothing but a glorified energy conversion unit or device. It takes chemical energy of the oxygen and air, combines it with the chemical energy involved in the fuel you're using, 
and through combustion creates heat. So that chemical energy is now converted to heat energy. That heat energy now does work on the piston, which is now converted to mechanical energy. Now, the one way to improve power, you're not creating more power, you're actually harnessing that heat better, is by keeping the heat in the combustion chamber where it can do work on the top of the piston. And if you want to lose power, the easy way of doing that is to have that heat dissipate into the piston crown, into the cylinder head, into the surrounding cylinders. Anything you can do to keep the heat in the cylinder creates power and creates reliable power as well because I've seen great reliability. If you have a setup where your tuner misbehaves or you have a bad batch of fuel and you have some detonation, that crown coating does a good job of protecting some of the piston components as well, which is pretty nice, you know? Um, Exotruck is asking a great question. Have you experienced harmonics in a manifold that creates a steep island extra V? Yes. I've seen harmonics in intakes. I've seen harmonics in camshafts, especially. I've seen harmonics in valve trains that will create an opportunity where you go to VTW, you have a huge peak. I've also seen valleys. I've seen both. Yes. And there are ways to play around with that. If you have the capability of having any kind of variable cam timing, you can play around with that and you can get rid of that. If you have the ability to play with camshafts, you can do that as well. Sometimes you may have to do something difficult, which is redesign the intake manifold or use different valve springs. And you can be able to eliminate that as well. Safety is very important to me, guys, as many of you know. I'm a huge advocate of safety and making sure that things are proper. And that's one of the reasons why I talk so much about fail-safes in engines and tuning. And also, it's very important to me to really have vehicles where I drive my family around that are extremely safe. That's why I love this model so much. There's so many cool safety protocols built in, from lane changing to the beeping to the Safety amenities around if a car gets too close to you, if you want to change lanes, it has that proximity sensor that if you change your lane, the car is behind you or next to you, it can beep and let you know when it's clear. It even has um, the capability of showing you your speed on a hologram in the, in the front dash when you're driving on the front windshield, which is very nice so you don't have to put your eyes down, you can keep your eyes on the road. And you know what's really cool? If you get, I don't know how it does it, it's very clever, but it has the capability of allowing you to know the speed limit everywhere you go and if you exceed it, which I did a few times, it lights up red to let you know to slow down. And it is all right, absolutely. So it's very good with safety around different terrain. Now, here is, uh, yeah, please do, Exo. I'd love to take a look at that. One thing about safety is that, you know, I talk about engines and all of this stuff, but what about you? What about yourself in the car? How important is it for you to secure yourself? Now, we have OEMs like Mazda who do a great job in doing that, but if you're building a pretty cool track car, or race car, something that's very, very aggressive, or even better yet, something just to something you have fun with, something where you can do some spirited driving. How important is it to make sure you're safe? And it's extremely important to use proper harnesses. And um, I fell in love with this very new system, which is pretty cool. Um, our friends from Momo, they have these new kind of harness systems, which is pretty cool. Um, it has uh, like a good two into three shoulder belts with speed adjusters, which is pretty nice. And it's designed to work very well with hand systems, which is pretty cool. Above and beyond that, ah, let me, let me show you this. This is really nice. Look at this. Ah. It has these very nice buckles, which is, you know, most manufacturers don't do this. This is FIA approved, and most hardest manufacturers tend to shy away from that because it's a very expensive proposition to do that. Um, it has really nice pelvic containment as well when you put it around you. So this way, it sits above your hip and it's less likely to roll and fold and slip. Keeps you in place, it's pretty nice. Momo's come a long way. They are smashing with their designs. I love it, you know, which is pretty good. Um, they're available in about in black and red polyester, which is pretty cool. And above and beyond that, this six-point harness 
starts at like 460 bucks. It's really cost effective, which is pretty cool. I love their stuff. Momo's so awesome. That's loud. That's my horn there. Uh, let me turn that off. Ah, I had this in my pocket, which is crazy hard from Mazda. It's a little safety crazy thing to scare away detractors and so on and so forth. It was pretty nice. Um, and it's really low profile, very lightweight. So if you're crazy like me and you love like uh, keeping weight down in your vehicles, this is a good way to do it as well. It is really cost effective. 460 bucks for a six point harness, that's pretty bananas. I hope they know what they're doing over there because that's a really good price. That's really, really cost effective. It's pretty nice, you know? Um, the lap adjusters also are fully adjustable. So you have this cool range of motion. You can adjust it quite a bit, which is pretty nice. And whether there's someone who's small or someone who's tall or someone who's a bit rotund, <laughs> a bit heavy set, they can easily adjust without having to change belts, which is pretty cool. So I love those guys. I love their stuff, you know? So if you think about the strict 8853 standards that exist for FIA, um, it meets and exceeds them, which is pretty exciting. So thank you so much, Momo, for doing what you do. We really love keeping us safe as we play around with engines and keeping those safe. We feel safer when we're in cars, which is pretty cool, you know? Um, views on long stroke versus stroke stroke engine. Tons of views. Actually, I have a lot of data on that as well. Um, Livicus is asking any mother speed potential or possibility. Now, I've heard both things, but internally, I've heard that mother speed is something they're looking at. But, you know, one thing that would keep mother speed afloat going is if people actually bought them. So, as what I've noticed is that there's a lot of mother speed DNA in their regular cars, which is pretty cool. Um, no ejector seats, Clintown. No, Mazda doesn't make it. <laughs> Mama doesn't eject the seat here. It's Mazda. But um, that's what I heard. Anyway, short stroke versus long stroke. Um, I have seen very good correlations between port velocity across the area and longer short stroke engines. Um, we've seen much less side loading with short stroke engines. Um, engines that are more overboard, we have a larger bore compared to strokes, seem to do extremely well in high RPM capabilities. Short stroke engines tend to uh, allow you for much higher RPM capability, but you must combine it with a very good flowing head that doesn't have huge cross-section areas. Now, if you have a large huge cross-section area, that's where you can have a lot of fun with a large stroke setup. Long strokes allow you to have good bottom end torque. It pulls in air very quickly, allows you to have great torque curves down low. Many times it does have limitations and high RPM capability, and if you push it, you get a lot more side loading and you can get into a, an opportunity where you can have some shortness of your engine span, which is pretty interesting. So that being said, it's a bit of a challenge. Um, Danka's asking, ceramic coated pistons with water mat system, uh, side back quality fuel. My question is the combination will be water mats to allow you to push more. Yes, we talked about that last time. Yes, you can use coatings and you use water methanol to definitely inject, I'm a huge advocate of that, using that World War II technology to take advantage of the fact that you don't have to have, have range anxiety with exotic fuels or carry tons of fuels with you. It allows you to run more timing and more boost without getting into challenges. And if you get a good system like what AEM has, you have the capability of having a failsafe built into it, which I love so much. And the failsafe send a ground signal out, connect to your ECU, and you know what happens after that? When you connect to your ECU, you can do ignition cut, or soft rev limit, or boost cut, or anything that you deem appropriate, or your tuner deems appropriate, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what could get me more torque besides force induction? Well, you can use chemical supercharging. You can use nitrous, by all means. Um, and, and that's if you want significant amounts of godly torque. If you just want something a little, little bit more, you can definitely do that with camshafts. Aloha, J-Rod. Good seeing you. Thanks for joining me on this Tech Tuesday. Appreciate that. How long till BC goes bill a block? Only when I need it. So 
I haven't had gone so crazy with my builds to wherever I'm like fracturing blocks. I did it with my D series, but I kind of stopped playing with that after I got to the 700 horsepower level. But when I have a need, I'll be more than happy to. Um, I'm not an advocate of just trying things when there's no need. Just, as an engineer, I look at the data, I look at what is required. Like I just talked to you a moment ago about the Momo seatbelts, which is very important to me, that's FIA approved, because I need to be safe in my cars, whether I'm on or off the track. So that's very important to me with my bespoke bills that I have a good harness. If there's no need for me to have that, I wouldn't, but I want to be safe and safety is important to me. So I only create or go after things if it's ideal, you know? Um, I'll be running strictly pump fuel and that's why, yes. So E85 would be a great opportunity for you if it was very ubiquitous in your area, but on 91 or 93 octane, water methanol is a godsend. But that, that blue Porsche right there runs two water methanol nozzles and an AEM kit, you know? Um, Thoughts on the ITB or Turbo Cell? I think it's fantastic. It does help, once again, especially if you design the plan very nicely. Uh, what I've noticed with ITBs on Turbo System, it gives me very good throttle response, especially in the lower RPM regions compared to a plenum single throttle plate. So that being said, I find them extremely appealing, AJ, by all means, you know? Um, what am I doing with E85? I've seen customers do that, but I have not had a need for it. So I have... Uh, flex fuel in that, in the wagon there, I have flex fuel in the Odyssey, which is chilling right over there, and neither one of them have any type of water methanol. So I've, I've had customers come here and do it, but E85 has such a great anti-knock property, I've really not seen the need to do that, you know. Winter Lamasters asked, is it worth tune? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Um, we've had customers do everything from 3 to 8% improvement in power. Um, even Kevin had some experience with that as well. Um, no, Mr. Jimmy, it's not my NSX. Um, it's a client's NSX, a good friend's NSX that we'll do some testing on. Um, we're talking to Acro right now. Maybe we will have something coming very soon. It's pretty true. Someone also asked about Mazda. Um, I'm not building this. This is a car that Mazda was kind enough to loan to me to get really a good experience with their brand, which I'm finding extremely appealing and falling in love. As I always mentioned, if you want to see us do something together, um, by all means, please... Um, try to explore that please do and we'll be more than happy to explore let us know that you like to see some stuff with us at mazda and i'll make sure i forward it on i'll make something happen it's pretty good you know i think this water method was good before 85 um yes it was but um kevin we're lucky here in ontario and southern california where we always have good seeing you jay have a good day um where we have close proximity to lots of stations but there's still places in the you know greater us around the world where they don't have access to that so water methanol is still a good viable opportunity for them. Um, Avery then is asking, where is my shop located? We are in Ontario, California, right up to 60 and Bingo, not too far, if you're in the greater LA area. Um, Zanny Dad says, uh, the minivan needs all drive slicks all around. You're absolutely correct, it does need it, but believe it or not, I can't really keep that car as is. It'll be quite invasive to convert that to all-wheel drive. And I think American Honda wants me to, if I'm gonna play with the Odyssey, to build a newer one. So that being said, the wagon van is going to have to be my all-wheel drive revenge car in the interim. Why well, keep the Odyssey as is, which is pretty cool, you know? Um, can you talk about proper adjustment on front-wheel drive traction bars? That would be me giving away a lot of secrets, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, let's put it this way. What I have done is to play on my caster and move my wheel forward slightly. It does two things. It gives me better caster for better launch, and also, I like using bars that are solid. And it allows for, oh, I'm giving away too much. 
a longer wheelbase, which is always an advantage with the type of racing that we do. Mahalo, Wintermaster. Have a good afternoon. Always good to see you. Hello, Delaine. Yes, we got the cover super speed. How cool is that? Welcome back, Kevin1117. Um, AJ has a good question as always. If you were to max out a build engine's reliability, power capability of EV5, could you gain more horsepower additional water meth injection, high octane? So here's what happens. The methanol is also a fuel component. You could add water methanol to take advantage of the caloric content of methanol that's contained in the water methanol system. If you combust a given mass of air with gasoline, E85, and methanol, you'll notice that you'll create more heat with ethanol. Even though the ratio of fuel required to combust that air is much higher from a volume perspective, you create more heat. So the power potential is there from the caloric content of the fuel more than anything else. Can you run water methanol with no tune just for cooling properties? You could, but what you'll end up finding out is that you can actually hurt power. Let's say you have a 300 horsepower engine, you just add a 250cc nozzle of water methanol, 50-50 mix. Your power potential will actually go down. You may end up making 290 or 280. Now, the reason why that's happening is you're now adding a lot more fuel via the methanol. That extra fuel is now making you run much richer which puts you in a position where you don't have as much power potential even though you're much safer and you're cooling down very nicely. Now, if you're super lean already, you may actually see a power gain, but if you are tuned properly on your setup and you just add water methanol, it's ideal to, in my experience, to tune, which requires you to run a little bit leaner, to put in more timing, and then you end up getting more power than you started with. Especially if you're boosted, you can add a little bit more boost. Are you experienced GM-style ethanol sensor errors from extra water in hygroscopic E85? No, I have not. An extra truck, I run GM sensors, the continental-based sensors on everything here. Um, I have not seen that. And I typically don't let my fuel sit on the ground or open to be able to absorb enough moisture to be a problem. But no, from a temperature and also the crystal determining the ethanol content, for many years, I have never, ever, ever experienced that at all. Dea OA, how can I start tuning? Basics. Reading and taking classes. And then you can go my path, which is I've got a car myself, and start practicing it on my own car. But by all means, thank you, JRT Five Slides, who loves my white shirt, appreciate that. That's the best way. EFI 101 with Ben Strader is a great one. I've heard some people had success with HP Academy. But by all means, EFI 101 is the way to go, and that's a great way to do it. It's like uh, trying to be a physician, but it's best to go to medical school, right? So I would highly encourage you to go to some tuning school to understand the basics, and if you go to advanced classes, they actually put you in a car and you have the opportunity to tune a car real time, which is absolutely fantastic. Thank you, JRT Slides. Um, what are my favorite things to do, technical side or chemical side? Well, the chemical side dealing is also very technical, but I love chemistry a lot. I really do. Um, I have appeal for everything mechanical, but chemistry is my thing. And it, I guess it's one of the reasons why um, I, I'm very close to companies like AEM, which is very technical, but I love my friends from Purell as well, which is great. Oh! And speaking of Purell, thanks for the segue dealing. Um, this is Purell Zero W20, um, which is a, the oil of choice I use. I love it on all my builds and so on and so forth. But I'm going to do something really cool for all of you fans. Um, I have Purell on sale on my site for like $14 a quart, which is pretty cool. If you buy four or more quarts, I have a bunch of giveaways I can do. I can throw in maybe a um, heat shooting intake gasket if you let me know what engine you have. 
Um, I have t-shirts from AEM, which is pretty cool. Very nice, cool t-shirts. This is one of my favorite ones from AEM, with a cool monkey with a headset, which is pretty cool. So you can see that. Um, I have some stuff from Vibrant, from PRL. I have hats from Norm Rees and Borla. So by all means, if you take care, take advantage of that program, I think I'll have it up for another week. From, so from today to next week, Tuesday, buy four or more cores of Pure All. Thank you so much, Fox Designs, Paul. And I will throw in, every, even in lanyards, you name it. I'll throw in shirts, lanyards, hat. You can take gaskets if you want it. No problem, I'm here to help. I'm here to help out, you know? When will the wagon maker pass down the drag strip? Easy, very soon. I'm waiting for one component. And Paul, if you know someone, maybe you can help me. I'm waiting for an adjustable lower control arm in the rear. So um, there's a company that I've ordered one from. It's been quite a while, I haven't received it yet. Uh, my alignment is not quite proper in the rear. I want to be able to optimize that, and Kevin is gonna come by to help me with that. That's all I'm waiting for. Automotive KMD was kind enough to send this really cool, um, uh, modified rear end with these you know, cool clutch plates and, and all from racing divs and this beautiful assembly that allows it, you know, the lockup to happen very quickly. But um, um, no, it's not FCS, it's not FCS. Um, yes, Carlito is correct. MPC is great, they're great, but I, couldn't, I can't adjust the MPC ones, but the MPC ones are awesome, that's why I have on there now. But I need something that I can adjust. I need to move it out just maybe that much, like half an inch out more. I just need that. Or the adjustability will be very good. So if you guys know someone, if you know someone who has an adjustable lower control arm, or if you have any influence with a company that we talk to, please let us know. I definitely, that's the only thing holding me back. Once I do that, get alignment, I'll force myself, I don't care if I stay, put on all-nighter, I'll stay on the dyno, I'll come on board so you guys can watch, and we'll have a good time, and I'll go to track and test it. I need to be out there on the track. I need to. You have DMU, Baby Trauma. I don't know if I remember your name, but please send me a DM. Please do, because I'll be very, I'll be very, 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 very interested to do that. Um, Joab Oliveira says, I work on Renault. They changed the 5W40 to 5W30. What about the engines that may were designed to work with 5W40 when I damage the engines? Depends. The one key thing that is very critical on viscosities of oils is the bearing clearances. And those bearing clearances are also very much attributed to the temperature and the ambient or the use of the engine. So manufacturers tend to be very conservative when it comes to what oils they recommend, but it's always best to really stick with what they recommend. So if Renault changed it, they may know something in terms of bearing clearance that you may not. If you're in doubt, stay with the 1040 or 540 weight. Um, do you guys do swaps, like swapping 3.8s in the 98.72s? Yes, boost citizens, we do. Kind of swamped here, as you can see with the madness here, but if you're willing to wait a little bit, we can definitely help you out, you know? Um, Nathan, no, I have not worked on a first-gen Mini Cooper S, unfortunately, you know? <laughs> Doctor said we can see you drifting. That would be cool. It's one past time I've done. I've done road racing and pilot appealing. I've done uh, drag racing for many years and broke tons of records and a ton of trophies, but I really have not drifted. I've done a class once and it was a lot of fun. It's so weird that I spent so much of my life trying to optimize traction and I'm told, and stay in control, and I'm told to have uncontrollable control, <laughs> which is interesting. So was, I, I actually, after playing around with drifting, I used to make a lot of fun of drifting and now I find it quite appealing and I do respect those athletes nowadays, which is pretty interesting, you know? Henry, send me a resume, uh, lab at bcmo.com. If it's something that you can help us with, I'll be more than happy to have you join the team. lab at bcmo.com, send me your resume. Um, any thoughts on the 500 horsepower single cam? Need, 
more power, any suggestions? I don't know what you have so far, Baby Trauma. Very interesting name. But um, it is very, yes, it is an NSX DJ Ramarov. Um, very simple recipe for a 500 horsepower D series is BCMO level 2.4 camshafts, BCMO valve train, Trump pistons, maybe 9, 9.5 to 1, BCMO rods. Um, you can use a factory intake manifold, or you can go with something like YH or something a little more robust from our friends at Gonigo. Um, a turbo that is at least, at least a 54 millimeter inducer or bigger. A nice engine management solution and some boost, and you're good to go. Can you do it on 91? Who water methanol? Can you do it on 85? Definitely. You know? Dilly's asking, what does a day at BCMO look like? No two days are the same. <laughs> Since we don't have a production line here, no two days are the same. It could be, oh, like today, for example, I came in, I, was, I went to the gym early morning when I woke up. I get up at 5.30 in the morning, worked out, went home, changed, dropped my two children at school, and then came straight here. Got here before the team did, a little bit after 8, and started doing a ton of emails. And at 9 o'clock, team came in. I noticed that my camera had a very bad memory stick, so I rushed over all the way over to a local store to pick up. It was Office Depot, pick up another memory stick, so that you can watch this later on on YouTube. Came in here, we had a meeting. We had a strategy meeting with the team, and we continued that meeting until about 11 o'clock. Then I had to play magical cars with the vehicles in here, because uh, it was very important for me to arrange this Mazda here. And when we're done, I have a ton of meetings afterwards. So that's today. Yesterday was dinos back to back. Dino tuning all day. So two days are very close to each other, quite different. Today a bunch of meetings and interacting with you. Yes, it was dynamic. And tomorrow I have a meeting with the guys at Hoonigan in the morning. And they have more meetings than with the guys at 8 a.m. in the afternoon. It's pretty crazy. But my team will be here working away. Nonetheless. And on Thursday, ah, we have the Hoonigan guys coming in the afternoon. I have a dyno in the morning. And uh, we're going to finish off that. I don't know if you guys can see that, but we're going to finish that. Um, on the left, sorry, you can see there's a boxer right there. Jerons will come by and finish up the engine in that, which is pretty cool. Days never end. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Um, thank you, Dilingi. It's quite interesting. Indeed. Baby Trauma has HKS pistons, which I have never used those. Um, Eagle Rod, that's good brand. It's done two stage two cams. That's about it. We'll probably just hit a block. Well, if you, you may want to get a piece more camshaft. There's no company in the world that makes more D-series power on camshafts than we do. All the top D-series guys run it. Extremely reliable, it's tons of power and very well designed. Um, compared to other camshafts, people have picked up anywhere from 50 to 80 wheel horsepower or just camshafts alone. A lot of technology went to it, so it's something you should definitely explore, which is pretty nice, you know? I have thought of building an M5 V10. The only challenge, Jose, or Jose X6M, is I don't have a relationship with BMW. It makes it much easier, much better for me. So, for example, in the event that we do something with Mazda, you will see a ton of stuff come out from us because it's much easier to make designs and projects and engineering when you have the manufacturer support. It helps tremendously. It's very expensive to even design a camshaft. And I will, it was a BC model level 2.4 is the camshaft I mentioned. And it took hours and hours, hundreds of hours of design and testing to optimize that camshaft. And it takes very, very expensive stuff, you know? Um, Oh, thank Dipping Deep, you're hardcore with level X. That's pretty hardcore. <laughs> he went hardcore. He went the biggest camp we have, and he was able to get a 600 horsepower. Ricky, good to see you. Thank you so much. Ah, oh, Ricky, by the way, the 911, my um, crank sensor was a problem. My crank sensor went out, which is very sad. 
Felix 930, all the way from Germany. I love your products. Thank you so much for joining us today. We said it for, I think we have it for 449. 449 with new billets. For the Z6 and Y8, if you have an A6 or Y7, you have to send a core in, and then we can redesign it for you. How's NSX? Is it worth 150K? Yes, it is, Eddie. The NSX is something that is very exciting, and uh, if you can go back on YouTube, on a BCM or YouTube channel, you'll see a very good review I did on it. But it offers the technology of a seven-figure car for six figures. So you think of the P1 from our friends at McLaren, you think about the um, 918 from Porsche, you think about the Enzo from Ferrari. The same technology of the hybrid system and integrated motor assist is in this for a fraction of the price. So, if you love speed, reliability, and definitely technology without that much guilt, this is the car to have, you know? Am I running a business coupler on the wagon? No, I'm not. So what we have on the wagon, Carlito, is a CRV rear end, which has clutch packs in lieu of a business coupler that you may see on the older wagon. So the old wagons had a standard pumpkin with a locked or directly cogged final drive and pinion setup with a physical coupler to allow you to have a differential exist between the rear and front wheels. In this case, we have something a little bit more forward advanced thinking with uh, the 2004 CRV gearbox with clutch packs that don't engage unless it sees a differential between uh, you know, the front and the rear and then it locks it. So it acts as a two-wheel drive and normal driving, so it's very good for efficiency. And then when you do, Carlito, see a change in acceleration or movement rotation meaning the front starts going faster than the rear the clutches lock up and gives you an all-wheel drive application so i hope that helps oh drifting a porsche yeah it would be interesting but also not as appealing would it because you have your engine in the rear people have done it but i think a an fr setup is best for drifting engine in front and you know uh, uh you know uh, drive in the rear our r's are can be done and have been done but not as appealing you know, um, need to put a wagon dip in, the, in, the, in the, my wagon, Kevin? We'll find out. I want two things, Kevin, if you remember. Um, first, I want to be able to build a car that can be easily replicated by everyone. And it's very hard to find wagon rents, and they're very expensive when you do find them. I even have one here, but they're very expensive. I've seen them go for as much as $1,700. While the CRV dip is much plentiful, and you can find that in wrecking yards for like $75, $150. So imagine a world where you can replicate the most cost effectively and find it very easily. <coughs> I have Quave in the UK who's helping with some, some uh, limited slip differentials for it. And as long as it can hold anything in the four, let's say, uh, 850 wheel range, then I think it'll be very good. Now if you start pushing towards 1,000, 1,200 wheel, it can hang, okay, that's one thing. But a majority of people will exist in 450. There are a few people who shoot towards 600. Um, my goal for this complete running is like 850 horsepower. I don't want to push it more than that to the wheels, which gives over 1,000 to the crank. And that'd be good, you know? Um, have I tried to work with Acura? Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, we um, have had meetings with them quite a bit. We've done some things where we're planning, so but nothing's set in paper yet. It takes time to cultivate the relationships and sign paperwork. And I have a meeting with uh, the heads of experiential marketing, not this Monday, but the following Monday. So, um, many of you who follow me may notice that I was at Acro's headquarters last week. Yes, I actually drove this Mazda there, which was very interesting. And uh, that being said, that'd be good. Um, 
thousand horsepower to the tire will require me to change quite a bit of my fuel system, Kevin, to do that on this. Um, no, that's not my goal. My goal would be a thousand crank on this wagon. Um, and doing that, I would like to get to 850, 860 to the wheels, which is a lot. At 770, it's already frightening. I think that'd be fantastic, you know? I like the Focus RS. I think it's a good car. But I think the model is much beautiful, much more beautiful than that. <laughs> uh, they have a very nice cue to it in terms of look, but this car offers a lot of fun and luxury. And Mazda's really surprising me. You know, last week I had the um, MX-5, and that one shocked me because it was absolutely smashing. It's the most power I had, most fun I've had with such little power. I've never had fun with a car on a 200 horsepower, and I had to put on a dyno to prove, like, wait a minute, maybe Mazda's tricking me. Maybe they sent me a car that makes way more than 200. But no, it was, it was about 151 to the wheels, which is about 180 to the crank. They were right. It was correct, you know? Holy Acura. Yes, Holy Acura. <laughs> Focus RS MTW, Kevin, you would say that, wouldn't you? Shame on you. <laughs> the K24 Z7 build, um, there's one right there. So that engine that in that wagon is actually K24 Z7, especially the head, you know? I know, Ricky, same here. I never really, my mom had a 626 back in the 80s, which is pretty cool. And that was my depth and breadth of exposure to Mazda as a brand. But recently, I agree with you, Danka. It's starting to look better in the Mercedes, and they offer so much, and the interiors are so beautiful. If you close my eyes and threw me in a signature Mazda 6 and open my eyes, I'd say I'm in a $100,000 luxury exotic. The cars are, the interiors are beautiful. You know, even this car is a sport compact vehicle, fully loaded like this is 31,000. Even something as simple as the hand rest is padded. You know how you drive for a while and you have that plastic and sport compacts and it hurts after a while? Not here, it's padded leather. It's awesome. It's so, the inside is so beautiful. Dan Import, good to see you, sir. How are you? I hope your build's coming along well with the Mazda. He has a Mazda with a cool engine. I don't want to <laughs> share what it is, but it's pretty cool. But um, hopefully you're going with the, well with you, Dan, you know? Let's see a K24 jet boat build. Ooh, messenger Mike, I like how you think. Nathan says he's not a fan of Mazda. So you're judging me, huh? All right. The time has come. Where you're judging me. So, I'm gonna put a don't judge me wig. So here's my don't judge me wig that I put on when someone judges me. I'm a fan of Mazda, I like them. They're very, very nice cars. Um, any manufacturer that offers more than we expect is good in my book. Really good in my book. So that being said, I have my don't judge me wig. It's pretty cool, how you guys like it? Pretty flossy, right? Anyway. They're a good company. I love them, you know. They look really cool. You're absolutely correct. I love them indeed, you know. Um, Dak, I agree with you. Maybe he is intoxicated. <laughs> so I've had a great experience with them off a lot, and it, it would be an honor to be able to work closer with them and build some sick stuff. Just to show that you can eat your cake and have it too. You can have a lot of luxury without breaking the bank and also have a lot of fun as well, which is pretty cool, you know. Um, AJ's asking, since the K24Z7 has integrated exhaust manifold, do you not get the advantages you can get with individual EGTs or individual wideband sensors? Yes, you cannot. It's very challenging. As a matter of fact, I do something very clever with the, with the integrated heads. I tend to tune them a bit conservatively because I don't have the capability of being able to optimize each cylinder in terms of fuel ratios, which I can do with other setups and get some power there as well. So what I'm looking at is an aggregate of all four cylinders when it comes time to explore fuel ratios. It's not an individual cylinder. And you can imagine 
since there's a restriction between cylinders one and four, you can see that those cylinders may need actually a little bit less fuel than required in cylinders two and three. So you have to stay considerate, you know? <laughs> Case is asking what's going on with the wig. Well, I'm putting this on because someone tried to judge me. I'm starting to get exposure to Mazdas. I'm starting to love Mazdas. And he said he doesn't like it. He doesn't buy it. He doesn't like the fact that Mazdas, he doesn't like Mazdas at all. But I think it's cool. It's great, you know? Um, good Honda aftermarket company. Good Honda. I don't know who that is, you know? I know it does, Ricky. I believe you. I need a don't judge me t shirt. You're absolutely correct. Okay, so enough of that. Let me put my Puro hat back on. <laughs> Here we go. So I'm back, guys. You know, put this up properly. Don't judge me. <laughs> uh, yes, oh, 26Bs are sick. So think of this, AJ Thomas. Think of a 26B. Think of even a 20B with a proof report. That sounds amazingly ridiculous, doesn't it? Hello, off the shutter. Good afternoon. Good seeing you. Kingsford <laughs> 7's dead. <laughs> Oh, if you could take any of your cars on a cross-country road trip, which one would it be and why? Cross-country. Probably the Odyssey. <laughs> because it's, it holds a lot, makes a lot of power, can have a lot of fun. It may not do very well from a standing start drag race, but it does extremely well on the freeways. Really fast car. Very luxurious. Can coat a contact kind of stuff. And as you look right there, it has a pretty cool canister right on top of it. And that allows me to carry a lot more things, which is pretty cool. Hey, Checo Dog, good seeing you. What transmission does the wagon have? Is it a regular K24 all drive? No, it doesn't. I actually have a Quave sequential. So, one of the things that you can win is this cool Quave lanyard. Um, if you buy four more quarts of this this week, within now to next Tuesday, I can throw one of these in as well for you. And Quave sequential is what I have in the wagon. What we did is we took a 04 CRV K24 gearbox, and uh, my good friend Marcel took the whole thing apart and retain the, the transfer case on that and the bell housing on that and then used Quave's casting and internals into that gearbox. And now I have, a, and of course, a shifter and the cable and now you have sequential capability, forward and aft movement, like a race car setup, which is amazing, in an old drive old school wagon. How cool is that? Germs from Canada, thank you for joining us. Ryan from the Netherlands, oh, I really love you guys. Thank you so much for joining. Oh, same here, you dream of taking, yep, Odyssey would be the way to go. <laughs> Seems like magic. It's technology, Deo. Deo. Uh, it, 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 it's technology, and I love technology very much. It's pretty cool. <laughs> so, thank you. It, it does sound good. Thank you so much, Kevin. What is the oldest car you would own? Do you like Datsuns? I do like Datsuns. The oldest car I would own would probably be a 356. I like those cars um, quite a bit, and it still gives me the ability to do something a little modern with it. Um, the oldest car I have in my arsenal, you can't see it here, but in that showroom with the, with the brown doors, I have a 1967-912, which I'm going to take the paint on May 1st. It's pretty interesting, you know? It is a lot of fun. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, Kevin roll with me. It's pretty cool. Pretty loud gearbox, because I, I didn't go with the quieter um, uh, helical setup. I went with the straight cut gears, so it sounds really, really loud, like you're in reverse all the time, but it's so awesome. And doesn't take as much drivetrain losses, like you may see, you know? Um, what's the rumor about a Honda Park Porsche that you're building? That was an April Fool's joke. <laughs> it was. Um, hi, Rev Zeke. I, on April 1st, I put up this thing, you know, this render courtesy of my friend Basil um, from Basil Designs. And I, I mean, the giveaway was a D-series. I said I'm building a front-wheel drive 
Porsche with a D-Series and twin turbo in the front. So um, it was an April Fool's joke. And as you imagine, I did that on April Fool's Day. It was pretty interesting, you know? Um, Nathan said, does your apple roll small? Think of getting a shirt. So sorry for making me put on the wig. No problem, Nathan. I'm here to help. I'm um, Nathaniel. Um, it run, actually, this is an extra large, so it, it runs, it fits okay. It's not big like the big hefty tees. It's just a proper fit. And it's not fitting like what you may see from American Apparel. It's just very, it's in between. So if you were extra large, like I'm wearing extra large and I'm 200 pounds and I wear extra large and this is extra large, so you see how it fits on me. Um, I could get away with a large, but it's a little more fitting. Uh, so just get the size that's idea. It's not a challenge whatsoever, you know? Um, 80s BMWs, I think they're awesome. I think they're awesome. Um, I'm a huge advocate of the styling of old school cars, especially Beamers, but I'm a huge advocate of the newer technology of those engines. So taking an old school BMW, whether it's a 2002 or even the old school E90, I'll just say E90, E30s, and infusing an M, modern M3 engine would be the cat's meow for the concerned, you know? Yes, it was a joke, FB, absolutely. Um, one second, no problem. And, and honestly, um, as anyway, if you miss what we're doing today, I'll keep this video on Instagram for 24 hours. Then I will upload it, courtesy of my new camera, to YouTube in a um, few hours as well. And you can also, without having to watch firsthand, if you want to listen to me while you're gardening or working out or using the loo or walking your dogs or playing with your cat or whatever the case may be, or working, which you shouldn't, or renting a car, podcast is a good way. I upload this immediately after on Anchor, on Overcast, on Google Podcast, on Spotify, on iTunes, you can find me. Just type in BC Motor, do a search, and it will come up on your favorite podcast networks, you know? Brazil, wow, so much international love. Thank you so much for joining you guys. Thank you so much. Um, I'm building an EG4 time attack car, but I have never done time attack. What model would you recommend for a beginner? Now, if you're doing this in the EG K-series, just do a K-series, just do it. <laughs> it's a way to go, by all means. Please do it. Um, I see, see something that is from Danka about touching on using the film system. So, you know, people, especially certain engines, have a very big challenge um, of starting up the car initially, and sometimes the engines start up dry, especially if you're not a, if you're not a dry sump system. Acutum allows you to keep pressure where it's required, and also for road racing, if you have an inefficient system that really drops a lot of oil pressure when you're banking, Acutum can actually save your engine from throwing rods or spinning out bearings and all that stuff. So it's a very good system to use in road racing on engines that have challenges primarily with oil consumption or better yet, running dry at certain times. Um, another great way of combining an Acutum is by using a good oil that has great shear stability. I guys, of course, know I use Pure Oil, which is ideal. And I have it on sale right now on my website. And you get a free goodie if you buy it next week from me. Or, or more cores, which is pretty nice, you know. You need to get decent A1 gaskets for this, since you have the other D-series. I, I would germs, but there's no demand for it. I swear to God, I love figuring things out. I love to have a multi-layer steel gasket for the A1. But unfortunately, they're not, there's no demand for that. Engine is not a popular platform. So unfortunately, I do not have that, you know. Thank you, Dante. Yes. Thanks for the kind words. And Danka. My YouTube channel is BC Moto, B-I-S-I-M-O-T-O. -I -I just go ahead and do a search on YouTube, click to subscribe, and click on that cool bell so you can get notifications every time I put a video back, which is pretty cool. Edo, good seeing you, R35. Have a fantastic one as well. Appreciate the kind words. So, so once again, guys, um, am I, when are you going to tune a 10 Gen 
aside. Oh, Aaron, it's my fault. Thank you, Dak. I appreciate that. Aaron, it's my fault because I've tuned a ton of SIs here using KTuner and Flash Pro. And we even tested here some cat deletes and high flow cats and exhausts. I put some up on my YouTube channel, so please visit my YouTube channel. You see some of that. Um, it's my fault. I should do a better job and let you guys know the crazy stuff I do, especially with Tetgen Civic. So we've done quite a bit, absolutely. You know, best engine J thirty five or K series to turbo. K series has more aftermarket support. J series is very much nicer. You get a lot more torque. Um, the challenge is, oh my God, time is flying. Okay, I'll hurry up. Um, the challenge is. Sometimes with the K series, you have a lot more space than you will with a J. The J sometimes can stick out the hood or go too low, but I like both. I've had experiences with both. You can make them a lot more torque with six cylinders than you can do with four. But a K series has a solid aftermarket support. So you couldn't go wrong with either one, especially if you don't have to stick things out your hood. It's really good. Um, what happened to the high RPM Miata? Nothing happened to it. I just haven't had a, I don't have a relationship that closely with Mazda yet where we're building cars for them. I guarantee you, if the time comes where Mazda and I sign documents and we work closer together, I will definitely take care of you and build a crazy high RPM Miata or MX-5. Yes, I do ship nationally, internationally on all products, Deca, all across the world, no problem whatsoever. Um, what recommendations do you have for the, for the rear diff and all-wheel drive K-Swap or, or all-wheel drive V-Series? I would say using um, the correct ratio for the front transfer case and the rear end, which is used more from a CRV. Talk to our friends at Automotive KMD, have them infuse their new clutch packs for racing this in there, and have them do their quick spool system, and you're good to go. Um, for B-series swaps, what's my preference and why? I really like GSR swaps quite a bit. I'm also partial to LSV techs, especially if you use a V20, because it allows you the displacement of the 2.0 liter, and also the head of the VTEC, which flows very nicely, especially the B16 or, or Type R heads, they have a nice port volume, they have a nice angle for ports, and they do extremely well. So I find it very appealing. And the aftermarket support is absolutely superb. Um, question came up about the Mazda. What am I doing with the Mazda 3 right behind me? Uh, Mazda was kind enough to allow me to explore this car for a week or so and see how I like it, and it made me fall in love. I'm falling in love more and more with this brand. They offer a lot of cars for the price. Look at this, it's a beautiful color. It's this lovely, it's just absolutely, it's like a polymental mica gray exterior. And the interior is this beautiful red. It's absolutely gorgeous. If you look at my feed, I put a post up this morning with my, my mama gloves showing it. And it's absolutely gorgeous indeed. And you know, everything from this, and the safety. You guys know I love safety. That's why I talked about the mama harness earlier on today. I talked about fell safes and engines and tuning and so on and so forth. The safety components in this makes me very comfortable driving my family around in it. It's absolutely fantastic, you know? Even I do build motors quite a bit. Pretty much all my projects, I build all the engines myself. I just don't build for the public, unless it's something very unique, you know? Um, what are my thoughts on a Hyundai Accent build? Worth it, Honda's a mainstream and Hyundai gets no love. So what I'll tell you to do with the Hyundai Accent, to, I think it would be very cool to build something unique, but the challenge is, there's no aftermarket support, it's not a popular platform. Now here's what I would ask you to explore, and hopefully I get to play with this by, before the end of the year, the Veloster N. The Veloster N offers a lot of performance for the price. So something to definitely explore, you know? Um, nice, that's pretty cool, Aaron. 460 horsepower, that's pretty good, especially with the factory, unless he's using some kind of additional fuel system. 
Those pump systems on the 10th gen SI are very limited. That direct injected pump, big limitation. So if he's looking that much power reliably, I commend him. I'm very curious about what pump system he use. I'm very curious indeed, you know? I would love to, Kevin. So I do have to give this car back to Mazda, but I guarantee you guys, I promise you, I promise, my promise to you, my family, in the event that I do sign something with Mazda, or I sign something even with Acura, I promise I will not disappoint. I'll make sure you guys are very impressed and very excited. And I guarantee you, based upon what we did with the Odyssey not too long ago, sales go crazy for those models, just to show the potential. So I'm very excited about that indeed. I'd love to bring a little, a little flavor to the Mazda family. How's that sound? <laughs> Ethan, why are you crying? <laughs> Hello, Jordan H2O, good seeing you. I have a red marker here. It's telling me my time is almost up. But guys, you know what? Nonetheless, thank you so much for joining me in this great Tech Tuesday. Thank you for hearing my lovely stories about my experience with the Mazda 3 all-wheel drive. Thank you for all the questions you had about the NSX behind me. Thank you for all the support. And remember, once again, Puro, awesome. Four quarts or more this week. You get to win t-shirts. I can throw in some lanyards. I'll throw in some cool things for you, by all means. And above and beyond that, thank you for Momo for making these really cool harnesses that keep me safe on and off the track. So guys, take care. Have a good afternoon. Stay safe and stay tuned. Take care. Cheers. My pleasure, Nathan. <laughs> Take care, Nathaniel. Cheers. Bye-bye.